Hello and welcome to Spooptober on the Grindhouse Girls podcast. This month we'll be focusing on some Halloween films to hallow stream this spooky season. But of course, we'll be discussing all things spoopy, scary, and strange. As usual, we'd like to warn our listeners that some things that we discuss due to their graphic nature may be disturbing and listener discretion is advised. But for those of you who would like to be spooked out, keep listening and on to the podcast. Hello, Grindhouse Girls friends and fam. Director Nanachka Khan had not directed a feature-length film since Netflix's 2019's Always Be My Maybe when she was approached by Jason Blum of Blumhouse Studios under their Blumhouse television division. They thought she would be perfect for a new script that had just come to them. After reading it and meeting with them, Khan realized they were right. Reading the script filled her with excitement and made her think, oh, I feel like I can have a lot of fun with this. Lucky for her, Blumhouse loves making movies and thought the same thing. The movie, Totally Killer, premiered at Fantastic Fest on September 28th, 2023, before being released to streaming on Amazon Prime the following week on October 6th, 2023. Featuring a time travel plot with many critics drawing references to Back to the Future, as well as 80s cultural references to Heathers, The Lost Boys, and 80s darling Molly Ringwald, it became the most streamed movie of the week ending in October 15th. So, join us now as we discuss Totally Killer, and maybe just be a little extra careful in those classic photo booths. This is the Grindhouse Girls Podcast. Hello, happy last full review of Spooptober. Well, kind of. This is Katie. And hi, I am Brittany. What's up? How How's, how's Spooptober treating you, Britt? We're halfway through. I'll be honest, I this is my favorite time of the year, and I'm struggling. I've been so busy, Dude. and I haven't really got to do anything spooky yet other than watch scary movies and TV shows, so my heart's kind of breaking because I wanted to go to haunted houses. I wanted to go to the pumpkin patch, but it just hasn't me happened Me too. I me. haven't gotten to get pumpkins or a haunted house yet, and I have had a haunted house of my own. Our AT&T put in fiber wire, blew a water main on my street, and it broke the regulator to <laughs> my house, and we our house has been just pumped full of super high pressure water. And like all the plumbers that came said, "Oh hey, like this is the city needs to take care of this." And there's a city, there's a state law that says that they can't go over 125 psi, and they it is well over that. And basically, the city told us to go mm. fuck ourselves because they don't abide by state law in the state that they reside in which is fun that the government gets to not obey the law but i have to and uh so we are having a regulator fixed which is under our warranty but i'm i'm very nervous that 
it's going to happen again. I'm so nervous about it. And they basically admitted that that caused it. They were like, yeah, it probably did have something to do with your malfunction. I was like, so it caused it. They're like, uh, 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 uh. So should I not say his name? I don't know. Ryan, we might have to bleep it out. I'll just say the gentleman that I talked to at the waterworks company was very unhelpful and tried to explain to me how plumbing works. And I already understand how this plumbing works because I've been dealing with it for two weeks. Also, my grandpa was a plumber, so I have a little bit of experience. Not a lot, but like I know how to do basic stuff and I understand how things are. And I have Google. So being mansplained to on the phone really did not help my attitude. So (laughs) the other people were lovely. Yeah. So anyways, so instead of doing like fun Halloween things last weekend, we spent all day turning water back on and off. I will say, kids, if you're going to buy a house, I know in this economy, of course you won't. But if you're lucky enough to get a low enough interest rate that you are going to buy a house, just know crazy shit will pop up randomly. And if you can... Save up a good, like, $5,000 for repairs for emergency, if you have it, before you buy a house. Save your down payment and then a repair budget, because that is something I did not do. And I'm lucky that I've had a home warranty the whole time, so it hasn't been that bad. But if you're not going to get a home warranty, there are random things that could just cost you, like, $1,000. And it's ridiculous. Anyways, but yeah, hopefully... This weekend, I want to go to Haunted House and get pumpkins. So I'm hoping I get to do that this week. But, except we spooked over. That part's been fun. Yeah. So, so a little spooky. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. And that's where I'm like, well, I did I did have a moment yesterday where I was like, what in the actual fuck? Um, because we were walking our pups. And, like, we're just admiring. Because, you know, it's, it's funny because in Alabama... Uh, in Hall- Halloween, I mean, there are people, there's very people, people like me and Katie, very passionate about Halloween. But it was, seems like if you go in a neighborhood, like maybe one in every four houses are decorated for yeah, Halloween. Yeah, my street is very uh, few. Maybe two in every four that may have like a pumpkin on their porch or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, we were just walking through the neighborhood, admiring our decorations, and someone drives by, and all I hear is jingle bell, jingle bell, oh, jingle my bell. God. And I'm like, no, no. I heard no, a commercial. No. For no. a holiday sales today. And I was like, it finally happened. I've been waiting for a Christmas thing in October. Like, listen, I love Christmas. But I do too. I also like Thanksgiving and I like the fall. And I don't want to celebrate Christmas in October. I want to celebrate it in December. Okay? Exactly. Yes, I agree. I agree. Once Thanksgiving is over, then it's Christmas. That's the way it works. Halloween mm-hmm. has its time. Thanksgiving has November. And then when Thanksgiving is over, we can officially listen to Christmas yeah. music. But we should not be listening to Christmas music no. before then. No. We should be listening to, like, Monster Mash mm-hmm. and Season of the Witch and This is Halloween. Mm-hmm. Like, there's plenty of choice Halloween songs we can so listen many. to. But We don't need to listen to Christmas no. music. No. Also, like, I finally got some neighbors that have decorated for Halloween on my street. For some reason, the first year I lived in my house, a lot of people decorated on my street. And then we had a bunch of people, like, move because interest rates were low and people were, like, selling their houses like hotcakes. And, like, the last two years, like, I've been the only house decorated. 
But I've still had some trick-or-treaters because they will see the lights at my house. And I remember this one group was like, we saw your house and we knew we had to come. And I was like, that is really adorable. Here's a giant handful of candy. I am heavy-handed with the candy because, like, I I was really hoping when I moved into a house that I would have a ton of trick-or-treaters. But it's still a mild amount. Like, more than when I lived in an apartment – But still, like, I love trick-or-treating. And I'm like, I just want to live in a neighborhood where everyone does Halloween up big eventually. So I think it's also because I live in, like, like a neighborhood that, like, has a lot of older people and younger people. And there are kids, but it's not, like, a kid on in every house, you know. And not all kids like to go trick-or-treating either. But I have had a couple other houses decorate so far this year. So hopefully we have some people giving out candy well we live in a cul- we live in a cul-de-sac and what's interesting is that like we have like our neighbors across the street is like they have one of the best decorated homes for halloween they usually do like they did like jello shots one year and it's mm. like literally they put jello inside like a giant needle and was handing it out to That's adults fun. and stuff so wicked cool things they do but the beginning of the street, no one decorates. Mm. So unless the kids actually go down the street to seek out other homes, they may not realize. They may just get to the front of the yeah. street and be like, oh, well, no one's here is decorated because we're all hidden in the circle I would say at the end if of the you're street. a Halloween person and you are looking to buy a home or move, a neighborhood, or move to a neighborhood, go before you buy a house or rent an apartment Go to that neighborhood on Halloween night and just check it out because... Or just check it out, like, honestly, not even Halloween night. Just in October and see how many people decorate for Halloween. Because usually if you decorate for Halloween, you give out candy. I don't know. It's also the South. And sometimes people just don't want to participate because they're super religious. Which I've never understood because my church literally had a Halloween party every year. So I don't get that. But some people are like that. And they just don't want to do that. But it's kind of a party pooper. Like, I feel like you should still be obligated to give out candy regardless. Right? Yeah. I mean, I guess. Or even if you didn't want to just deal with the kids, just put the bowl outside your door and turn off the lights. So, but I love seeing the Halloween costumes are always like my favorite part. And I do have to say this and then we're going to dive into Totally Killer. But usually our friends, Stephanie and Johnny, they join us for Halloween. They'll hand out candy with us and we'll sit outside and have like, maybe like a cider or something uh and this year they moved into their own place so unfortunately they won't be joining us this year but they'll get to do they'll get to decorate their own home and you know maybe do they'll stuff. get trick-or-treaters at their house we never know yeah they they get their own trick-or-treaters and you know um so it's good for them it's bittersweet but uh last year we were sitting outside and stephanie goes oh my god Brittany, look and it's um so my oldest pup mabel is named after mabel pines mm-hmm. from gravity falls and there was this adorable little girl probably like 10 or 11 and she actually had the mabel pine sweater with mabel lit up Aww. like how mabel in the opening uh fema gravity falls like her sweaters Aww. lit up with the words mabel so she actually had the mabel pine sweater and she was dressed as mabel i was like oh my god like it was like my favorite outfit of the night and there was a lot of good outfits that night but i was like this girl did you introduce her to mabel i didn't so we usually because we have uh well we now have four dogs but because we had two dogs uh and they get very excited we actually sit out in our driveway so people aren't always knocking at the door and the dogs freak out every time so we sit in the driveway yeah we should we should sit on our porch this year because gizmo barks at everybody 
But he is really cute, and he yeah. puts on his little devil wings. So usually, like, I think my parents Aww. came over last Halloween, and we kind of took turns keeping Gizmo from trying to eat the trick-or-treaters. Not that he wouldn't. He wouldn't attack them, but yep. he just barks at everybody. And so it's not very yep. fun. So, but maybe if we were outside and he was inside, it would be better. But then he would be mad. But he does have a cute little devil wings costume. It's a harness, so he doesn't feel Aww. like... So anyways, but yes, but Totally Killer starts out on Halloween. So I think this is a very good Halloween movie. Yes, I would agree with you there for sure. So, and I actually heard, because um, we were originally going to do Grave Encounters, and unfortunately our guest had a uh, emergency, so our friend Katie was not able to film with us this week, and we wanted to save that movie for her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was researching, and I was actually seeing a lot of people talk about this movie, and I'm glad we did it. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, I hate to, without giving away spoilers, it's a cute film, and my brother uh my brother and my 13 year old nephew watched this with me and taylor because my brother was at my house doing laundry and they both enjoyed it too oh, good so i thought that was cool well, as soon as i knew who was directing it because you had suggested to me to watch always be my maybe and i watched it i actually watched it with our friend peter and it, I was very surprised at how funny it was and how much I liked it. And I hadn't seen a modern rom-com that I actually liked in a really long time. Like, love the Bridget Jones diaries, You've Got Mail, all that stuff. Loved it. But, like, it had been a really long time since I saw a rom-com that was, like, original and just a funny movie with some romance sprinkled in. And that's what Always Be My Maybe was. And I was like, I really like this director. But this was the first movie she's directed since then. Now, Jason Blumhouse is the big producer. And Blumhouse has two tiers of movies. Blumhouse does this thing, and it's a very smart business model, where they, the Blumhouse studios now, will give you, like, a small budget. And they generally have a really big return. So, like... But that means that they will do movies like that terrible Blumhouse Truth or Dare movie... But then they've also mm-hmm. produced Get Out, Nanny, which we did on the podcast, Hush, The Lords of Salem, which we also did, which I didn't realize they were. I was going back and I was like, what have they done that we've done? Lords of Salem and the entire Paranormal Activity franchise. I'm not a big fan of Paranormal Activity franchise. I honestly tried to watch the first one a few weeks ago and I turned it off because I was bored. But it, it did change the genre. So like, you know... He's he took a risk and thank God I actually rewatched Get Out this week or last week because it's on Netflix. No, so, good. so is us. So we might be able to do Get Out and Us soon because they're finally streaming on Netflix. I'm very I was very excited. I started watching Us and then I had to stop what I was doing. But like I hadn't watched Get Out in years and I was I was like, oh, I'm so glad. I used to not like Blumhouse because it was mostly crappy movies, but I was like, once they did Get Out I was like, you know what? Not so bad. And then I went back and I was like, actually, they've produced some movies I like. Okay. It's just kind of a throw throw things at the wall and see what sticks kind of production uh, model. (laughs) I think it's... I think it's cool because they they do have like movies, so they do have like high class like hard films like Get Out, which is mm-hmm. like very satirical, very dark and kind of comedic. But then they do have movies like Happy Death Day, and yeah. I actually like Happy Death Day. 
I need to watch that this year. That is one my friend Kat has been telling me to watch for years. And I just haven't sat down and watched it yet. And I really need to do that. But I think this one has a similar vibe to that if, from what I'm getting. Yeah. Uh, so if this is like a horror back to the future, then Happy Death Day is definitely like a horror Groundhog's Day. So, and <laughs> yeah. I do think Blumhouse, because my friend Samantha actually brought this up. Sam brought this up to me first. I forgot to look up the trailer. And then my brother brought this up to me too. And I don't know if it's a Blumhouse movie or not, but there is a movie called It's a Wonderful Knife coming out huh. that's based off It's a Wonderful oh. Life. But it's a slasher flick. Oh, that's fun. I'm excited yeah, about so that. Yeah, so I was like, oh, we got a new, like, December we got a new December hey. horror film coming out, so. But yeah, I was really excited to see this director. Also, I did not know this, but she worked as a writer for a really long time. She did do Fresh Off the Boat. She was the writer and producer of that, which is a show. It's a really funny show. It's about Chinese-American immigrants, I want to say. I can't remember the nationality. Hold on, let me look it up. Which I did, actually. I did actually watch an interview with her, and uh, she said I was born in Las Vegas, and both my parents came from Iran. So I was like, okay. Oh, that's cool. So yes, and she is also, while you were looking that up, so she is also a queer female director, which she says is not common um, within, like, the car community or slasher community. And I'm like, yeah, she's right. And even though, without saying spoilers, there's there's not any real... Uh, overtly queer stuff going on in this film. Uh, there is, like, she's, like, the spirit of it is there. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I can kind of get that. Like, the spirit of it is there, even though there's nothing overt well, going on. Well, there's a on. lot of, like, a lot of people, especially, like, during the Hayes Code era, there's a lot of horror that has a queer code to it because you couldn't overtly mm-hmm. say anything, but because... It was the horror of having to remain hidden and having to lie about your life and stuff. There's a lot of queer-coded characters and stories in horror throughout the years. And I think it kind of perpetuates now. But the other thing she also did, which I think... Which I didn't know, but it was one of my favorite television shows growing up as a kid. And it is streaming on Disney Plus now. Is Pepper Ann. She was the (gasps) writer and producer for Pepper Ann. And I... Loved Pepper, Pepper Ann. I think watching in her own program. Pepper, Pepper Ann, she's Ann, like one in a million. In a million. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I love Pepper Ann too. Um, I was like, yes, because Pepper Ann was like, if you've never seen Pepper Ann, Pepper Ann was in the 2000s. And um, Pepper Ann was like, not, it, it wasn't the story of this girl that like couldn't make friends or was super popular. She was like, like, mildly popular person with a lot of confidence in herself, but a lot of, like, teenage middle school problems. And she had two best friends, and she had a crush on a boy. But, like, it was also one of those shows where, like, there were a lot of characters, kind of like Hey Arnold, where there were political things that weren't overtly political, but, like, her mom was, her mom, her aunt was, like, a, like, a, like a protester she was like an environmentalist but then her like uncle was a cop and then her mom was like like her family was kind of hippy dippy and like but then also like one of her best friends was an artist and her other best friend was like an overachieving um oh she what what instrument did nikki play cello i think you're right it was cello and you know what pep brand kind of has 
it kind of has a similar like vibe a little bit. Yeah. Um, it reminds me a little bit of as to, as told by Ginger. Oh, as I told love by Ginger as was told a little by, more serious. Yeah, as told than by Ginger, Ann. which they're both um, redheads, yeah. Ginger and Pepper Ann. But yeah. like Pepper Ann was like a more fun loving like, but she did have some serious stuff. But it was more humor filled. But anyways, if you're looking for a good show to watch with your kids, especially like pre-puberty like uh girls or femme presenting people like uh it was a very good look at like being you know being for me a teenage girl in the early 2000s i think they even talked about like periods and stuff i know as told by ginger had a whole episode about getting her period which i was like thank god and there was Brace Face, too. I love... Brace Face had a whole episode about getting a period, Brace and Face. it was really good. Those three, I think they were kind of underground, but I think they really talked about some stuff that people wouldn't talk about, you know? But yeah, As Told by Ginger is definitely way more serious at points. Like, it was... Like, uh, as, yeah. Yeah, As Told by Ginger. I I love Pip Brand. I would agree with the assessment. Pip Brand's a little bit more goofy and lighthearted. There is serious things that happen, Pip Brand. But in As Told by Ginger, there's some pretty, like, when I was a kid, they were devastating. As an adult, like, it's even harder hitting. Like, now I've gone back and watched clips from As Told by Ginger and kind of get, like, teary-eyed. I'm just like, damn. I need to go watch like, that again. This is, like, good TV. This is good TV it's like for Parents kids. Day from Hey Arnold. Parents Day. Okay, Parents Day, Arnold's Christmas, and Helga on the Couch make me cry yeah, every single those time are my, I watch them. Those are the three best episodes. <laughs> those, are, those are the three best, but my favorite is the one where they do Romeo and Juliet. Because I love when Helga just keeps sabotaging everybody. And also, like, you know, theater nerds. So I was like, yeah, Shakespeare is great. Um, but anyway, sorry. I love the to... kiss that goes on. Oh, yeah. A little... Everyone's I was like... like, I love the kiss. Yeah, the kiss that goes on way too long. Do, do, like, do, do. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. I love Hey Arnold. I'm sure there's good shows out there now for kids. But I'm like, you should watch Hey Arnold and all three of the shows we just said. Brace Face was really funny. Brace Face was on ABC Family. Pepper Ann was ABC One Saturday Morning. And As Told by Ginger was Nickelodeon. So, yeah. Yes. But... Find them if you can. Anyways, I'm just glad Pepperina is finally on Disney Plus because when I got Disney Plus, I was like, oh my God, I can watch Pepper Ant. And then it wasn't on there and I was like, son of a bitch. And now it's on. And I was like, yes. And I just binged a bunch of episodes of Pepper Ant. It's a comfort show for me. Um, I will say real quick, the people who wrote this was David Madelon, who did the Clearing Bedtime Stories and In Three Days, Sasha Pearl Raver uh let's get married and she also had an acting credit uh, several acting credits but the one that stuck out to me was sex in the city and then jen d'angelo who also worked on young rock with um the director and hocus pocus 2 which i have not let myself watch yet, and workaholics and also she was on a show called uh uh asterisk loosely exactly nicole with nicole byer nicole byer is fucking hilarious She's uh, she's really fucking funny. So I was like, oh, okay. I haven't watched the show, but I love Nicole Byer. Um, did you see who did the music? The music? No, that's one of the only things I did not see. Okay, okay, space, okay, space, might, space, oh, sorry. Kitty cat. Oh, bye, kitty yeah. cat. Uh, if you heard of Meow, yeah. don't worry. Uh, Taylor was gently taking the kitty cat away. Yes, yes. Um, but no, I did not see who did the music. Who did the music for this? So... Michael Andrews, who's also known as Elgin Park, 
I'm trying to see if your eyes light up because they also did they're best known for a cover of Mad World. Which I think we all know the cover oh. because they also did the music for Donnie Darko. And always be my maybe. Okay, and Gary Jules. Maybe. Gary Gary Jules. Yeah, Gary Jules. So was it Gary Jules and... Um, maybe. Because I, I actually have... That was just their IMDb credit was best known for their cover of Mad World. But they also did the music, they're a composer, and they did the music for Donnie Darko, Bridesmaids, and Always Be My Maybe. And several other things. They're, they're a very long-standing one. But I thought, because you love Donnie Darko so much... I thought, which that is what I'm supposed yeah, to and watch I do this see, week. Finally, it's Michael Andrews and Gary Jules. So okay, I guess yeah. maybe Gary Jules is the singer, yeah. and Michael Andrews is the composer. Okay, yeah, 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 cool. But yeah, I thought that was very funny that uh, they were they were the people that did Donnie Darko too, and I was like, oh, well, that's cool, and always be my maybe, but that makes sense because that was her last movie. Do we want to just? go into the are we ready to go into the rundown and then we'll just mention I, things or is there anything yeah, else we want to go so. through no i think that i think that's the majority of it um just with Khan's background and everything um and then we'll as we get into like some spoilers we'll talk about a few other yeah. things she said yeah we have so many characters in this I movie know. that other than maybe saying who plays oh. who i don't know if we're going to do like a lot of IMBDs for yeah. these guys because there's a lot of characters in this I did write down movie, stuff so. <laughs> for most people, but yeah, I kind of stopped writing down characters. Yeah, I did too after the 10th or 11th <laughs> character. I was like, and I'm stopping at this point. I will say, you know, the three people that I was most familiar with, four actually, is Kiernan Shipka, who was Sabrina in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. She's the main character. Yes. Olivia Holt, um, who... I really only know her from that show Cruel Summer that was on Hulu the first season. She did a really good job in that. Julie Bowen, um, who everybody knows her as uh, the mom from Modern Family. But I didn't know she was in Happy Gilmore way back when, too, by the way. Yeah. And also, I haven't seen this. And, uh, but Hubby Halloween. Yeah, I have not watched that because I am very annoyed with modern uh, Adam Sandler movies. But love the old stuff. And then Lachlan Monroe who plays the main character's dad, who was in White Chicks, and he was Betty's dad in Riverdale. But I just rewatched Scary Movie this week, and he is one of the quote-unquote teenagers in Scary Movie, but the whole joke in Scary Movies are all like, oh, they're going to get 29-year-olds to play as teenagers, but they're actually 29-year-olds playing teenagers, and it's funny. But he is ripped in that movie. I think it's hilarious because I like I said I watched this with my bigger my big brother who's like the ultimate Jason fan and as soon as he saw him he went oh yeah it's Freddy versus Jason oh yeah like, he's also I, Freddy versus I hadn't yeah. even looked up his IMDb yeah but that's as soon as my brother fa- saw him his face lit up because he was like yo Freddy versus Jason and I thought that was hilarious I almost wrote the Freddy versus Jason down but then I was like you know what. I just rewatched Scary Movie, and it was fucking hilarious. And he was fucking ripped in that movie, but he was much older than high school, obviously. Um, those were really the only people... Oh, I'm oh, sorry. The fourth one. Sorry. Randall Park, duh, from Always Be My Maybe. Oh, yeah. WandaVision and Fresh Off the Boat. By yep. the way, the family in Fresh Off the Boat are Taiwanese. So I was like, I was pretty sure it wasn't Chinese, but Taiwanese. Katie. Sorry. You forgot... 
Randall Park is Asian Jim. Like, oh yeah, and number, he's Asian Jim. Like, <laughs> he forgets that he's Asian Jim. Apparently, he like he's like it was just like one day of filming, and so he kind of like forgets. And sometimes he says people still scream at him across the street, Asian Jim, and he's just like, what? Okay, and he's like, oh yeah, I forgot that was a part. It's like, wait, are they being yes. racist or are they just <laughs> recognizing me for a show? Oh my god. Yeah. Which is one of the best, yeah, that is one of the best jokes in The Office. Wow, Dwight, you it don't really even is. see color, do you? That's really progressive, man. Or whatever he says, it's very funny. <laughs> oh my god. I love it. But I was very excited to see, he's not a huge part of this movie, but I was very excited to see Randall Park, because he is so good and always be my maybe, and WandaVision, and, um... And I've oh, seen, yeah. I, I need to watch all of Fresh Off the Boat. I've caught the odd episode and I always like it a lot. But it's one of those, like, I just need to sit down and watch all of it. Um, but it's really cute. It's a really cute little show. Yeah, I have so many more characters right now. But we'll, we'll mention people's names. But this is a time travel movie. So obviously there's p- two people playing almost every character. So there's the present day and the past ones. And so there's just a lot of people to write down. So we'll try to mention people, but those are probably the four that I recognize. Everyone else is pretty like either they're like an established actor who's done a lot of stuff, but like maybe not a lot of big stuff. Or it's like a very young actor. Like There's a lot of, of like teenagers in it. So there's a lot of people who like haven't done a lot of stuff yet because they're just young. But yeah, um, do you did you have a rundown or we kind of chose this one together, so it's not either not. one of ours. Okay, I have one. Yeah. Are you ready okay, for the rundown? Okay, good. I'm sorry. The rundown and the spoilers. <laughs> so rundown and spoilers. The rundown. This is now your warning for spoilers. Yay. When the sweet sixteen serial killer returns, Jamie travels back in time to attempt to stop him from starting his killing spree in 1987. That's all I'm going to give you. Ooh. But this is an interesting movie. Uh, I would recommend it's on Amazon Prime right now, by the way, if we haven't said it. Um, I'd recommend watching it. I think it's a fun little Halloween watch. And it starts on Halloween and ends on Halloween. So it's yeah. just Halloween-y enough. But it's not like it's not like Halloween Town where the whole thing takes place on Halloween. Um, but go watch it. I think it's like... And come back. I I was about to say, I agree. I think this is definitely worth, worth a watch. It's fun. It's not overly complicated mm-hmm. and it's self-aware, it's, which is fun too. It's probably the easiest time travel movie to watch ever because it doesn't overly yeah. complicate things. Like, like they kind of, they do talk about it, but they kind of like, one of them asks like, well, what's going to happen? They're like, I don't know. No one really knows, but I don't think like you would cease to exist. It's fine. I'm just like, all right, well, that kind of takes all the stuff off. But I will say one thing this movie does really well is, so she's trying to stop a series of events from happening, but she doesn't quite accomplish those goals. And because there's a time limit, there's a, you know, there's a timetable and she's trying to accomplish something she's not successful in it. There's a driving force that drives this plot along. And it's so it is a fish out of water movie, but it also has a driving plot, which is like it's which is very similar to Back to the Future. You know, I will say the one controversial yeah. thing about this movie 
is that there is another movie, which I have yet to watch, but I've heard really good things about called The Final Girls. And it is a movie where I think it's uh, 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 Farmiga. Tysa? Tysa? Vera from American Horror. No, Tysa. Tysa. Yeah. the younger yeah, from, one. It's from the American younger Horror one. Story. Yeah, yeah. Tysa yeah. Farmiga. The one who plays Violet. Who plays Violet, yes. Yeah. Um, she, so, one of, like, she's in it, and there's a bunch of people in it that you would recognize, but basically, one of their moms is a scream queen, and she has recently died, and they accidentally get trapped in her mom's movie, and they're trying to, like, escape the killer and do all the movie rules. And apparently, I don't know if you read yeah. this, but the director of that movie said, "Wow, haven't I seen? Haven't I already made this movie?" Question mark on social media, and nobody responded. But personally, this movie does not have the same plot line. There's nothing about movies in it at all. And I was reading an interview, so in Rolling Stone. So this is from a Rolling Stone interview with Nanotchka. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, it said, in comparison to 2015's The Final Girls, I have seen the movie. I think it's a great movie. It's very different from ours. That one to me feels more like it owes a nod to the last action hero. You know what I mean? Like getting sucked back into a movie. Ours is more like Back to the Future. So that was yeah. like her statement on it. Like, hey... I love this movie. I, I know our movie keeps getting comparison. I personally have not seen the comparisons is what she said right. herself. I don't, like, it doesn't sound like the same movie. I think they're just both moms are involved. I'm like, but the other one isn't even a time travel movie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this one yeah. has the a time machine. It's very much like Back to the Future. Um, in fact, this main character keeps asking people, have you seen Back to the Future? And people are like, No. And she's like, okay, never mind. Um, it's very funny. But um, so the movie starts on Halloween in 2023. And this girl, Jamie, is going to go to a concert with her best friend, Amelia. Right, Amelia? Correct? There's so many characters yeah. to keep names correct. <laughs> so Amelia. And um, her mom's kind of freaking out because her mom is like, oh, it's unsafe. And so you kind of find out that... Um, there was a serial killer early on in the movie. There's a podcast going on about the Sweet 16 serial killer. And this guy, Chris, is uh, doing a tour of the town and all the murder sites. And it's their hometown. And so apparently Jamie's parents were classmates with the three girls that were murdered. And they were each murdered on their 16th birthday. Um, and the last murder took place on Halloween night. And so her mom is very paranoid about it and her dad's worried. And they also are still in touch with Amelia's mom, who was also in other high school people. So it's one of those like small towns where everyone just stays in this town because they're all like still living there and everything. Like one of their friends is the principal and another one is like the, the football coach and stuff. So um, her mom's really nervous, which is why she's taken self-defense and taught her self-defense. And so she goes to this concert with her dad, because her mom's like, well, I'm just really worried about you, so why don't you take your... Your dad's going to drive you and wait for the concert. Also, they know the the rocker, uh, Eddie Royal, because apparently he went to high school with them. And he's like a hard rock, like, and, punk guy. Um, <laughs> which I find And Jamie's really also kind of like a 
Yeah, that's funny with, like, Eddie. Jamie's also kind of, like, a bitch to her mom a little bit because she's just... Because she's frustrated because her mom keeps trying to put this trauma of what happened to her on Jamie. But she's like, just because all my friends died doesn't mean you have to, like, constantly worry about me because I have Mace and I have, like, GPS on my phone. And basically, she's trying to, like, state her case. But, you know, it's kind of like... I get, Jamie, you're frustrated, but dude, that, your mom went for something really traumatic, yeah. man. Yeah. Like, you're being a She's little She's like, sometimes I wish you two would just get over it, and I'm like, did your friend get murdered? Like, shut up, Jamie. Yeah. So Jamie is going to the concert with her dad and her best friend, and her mom's home alone, um, dressed as Molly Ringwald. And she's giving out candy, and this guy comes in dressed like the killer from the 80s, which isn't unusual because a lot of people dress up like him for Halloween. So at first she doesn't think there's anything, but then he tries to attack her with a big knife. And so she actually is very prepared. Like, she calls the police on her security system immediately. She has a gun hidden. She has taken self-defense ever since she was 16 and her friends got murdered. And so she puts up an amazing fight, but unfortunately he is able to murder her. And it's really sad. And honestly, they show a lot more of the gore than I thought they were going to. Like, it's not the goriest movie, but like, like they just have like the camera open when he's just stabbing people a lot. And I was very surprised with this movie. My, uh, my brother said with Pam's death, he was like, he's like that, like he was really upset about it. Cause he's like, she really fought to survive. Mm-hmm. Like she really, I mean, and it's almost like you almost know that she's going to die. Cause it's going to be the driving force in right. the movie. But at the same time, you're like, maybe she'll survive. Cause she puts up one yes, hell of a fight. It's pretty amazing. So not only is the killer back, but now Jamie's, mom has died and so i will say the next day the coach and the principal and the uh sheriff sheriff Lim are all talking to the kids and one of my favorite lines was uh randy finkel the coach he goes and they're like hey can you give the kids some word of advice he's like yeah so um the first thing you want to do if you see the killer is run remember avoid the knife keep your life and it is like, I was like, yep. are you fucking kidding me? It was very funny. But poor Jamie is really like distraught, obviously. And she won't stop wearing her mom's vintage 80s jacket that she was wearing the night she was murdered. And she checks in with Amelia. And Amelia, for the science fair project, has been working on a time machine that she found her mom had written down plans for a time machine and then given up on them. And her mom, like, works a factory job, and she kind of, like, seems, like, down, like, down, beat down, I would say. Like, you know, she's just going to work on Halloween night. So, like, I think she's trying to prove to her mom that her mom is brilliant and is worth a lot of happiness and all that stuff. And she just can't get it to work quite as well. And you also have this podcaster, Chris Dubasage. Um, played by Jonathan yeah. Potts as the present day and Nicholas Lloyd as the teenager. Um, and he is like, hey, your mom and I were kind of friends. Because apparently he was texting her mom and Jamie's like, that's weird. Because like her dad does not really like him. And she's like, it's weird that like she would be texting this guy. And he starts talking to her about 
like, it, and he says, oh, your mom actually had a note left in her locker after the first three murders took place. And he gives it to her. And she's like, why would she tell you? And he's like, oh, well, because she was trying to help me figure out the mystery. And I, you know, I'm the one who's been investigating this. And she's like, oh, okay. So she goes to Amelia to tell her um, by the amusement park where they're going to have the science fair. Because it's like a really old amusement park now. And the killer shows up. And he chases her into the time machine and stabs the dashboard and it magically makes the time machine work. And she goes back to the the first day, the day of the first murder, because her Amelia was thinking that if it did work, they could go and try to stop the killers so her mom didn't get killed. And so now she's in the 80s and they play the, the I'm your Venus, I'm your fire as she gets out. Yeah. And um, this is where, like, the more comedic part starts, I guess, I would say. Yes. And the, the Back to the Future stuff. Um, it's pretty funny. I would say probably my favorite joke is, like, this random lady is like, you should be in school. I'll take you to the school. And she drops her off, and she's just smoking cigarettes in the car with her, like, eight-year-olds. And she has, a, she has, like, the windbreaker on, yes. which I had, like, like, one Gloria of those when I was a little kid. I yeah. did, too. I had one that was that color pink, too. Uh, she's like, would, would a serial killer wear Gloria Vanderbilt? And she's like, I don't fucking know what you're talking about. And, of course, like, the mascot for the school is, like, a racist portrayal of a Native American. And they changed it in the present. She's like, oh. Knew that was coming. And so it's just, it's funny because, like, you know, like, the secretary doesn't need to, like, see her ID. She's just like, yeah, here's your class schedule. And she finds out that her mom isn't, like, her mom in high school. She's kind of uh, in the Mean Girls group, which, if you've seen the movie Heathers, you understand the reference. But they call themselves the Mollies because they all want to look like Molly Ringwald. And so, like, they always dress like Molly Ringwald, who, if I, people should know who Molly Ringwald is, but if you don't, she was the redhead in 16 Candles and The Breakfast Club and a lot of other, uh, is it bad? Rat Pack movies. Is it bad? I'm like, she was Claire in The Breakfast Club and Samantha in 16 Candles, because, you know, seen those movies <laughs> So many fucking I think times. I've seen, like my mom loved the Brat Pack movies. Yeah, I've seen uh, Breakfast Club many more times than I've seen Sixteen Candles. But I've seen Candles, I mean, at least four or five times. It used to play on TV a lot too. Um, but they're the Mollies, and I was like, that's that's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Jamie keeps saying, "I'm Jamie Lafleur from Prince Edward Island," and everyone's like, "That sounds made up." But that is a real island in Canada. I double-checked. Because they, they do say that in the movie. Like, somebody's like, oh, yeah, I went there with my family last year. But, it's like, it is a real island, by the way. <laughs> but it is funny that they're just like, oh, I don't care. By the way, Jamie's name, Jamie Hughes, is named after Jamie Lee Curtis and John Hughes, who directed The Breakfast Club and John Sixteen Hughes. Candles. And the Home Alone movie. And a ton of other things. Like, he was the, oh, yeah. the 90s director. Du jour. He and Chris Columbus. Chris Columbus yes. did. Wait, did Chris Columbus... No, wait. John Hughes wrote Home Alone and Chris Columbus directed it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that sounds right, actually. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And then Chris Columbus started doing the Harry Potter movies. And then he, like, quit after that the first is, two. Yeah. And that's why Al- Al- um, Alfonso Cuaron did the third one. Um, anyways. But yeah, I'm sorry. I- I've been talking. Do you want to take the wheel for a little bit, Britt? 
And she meets her mom. But yeah, she meets her mom, but then she goes back to Amelia's mom. Um, and Amelia's mom, whose name I just totally blanked on, my goodness, Lauren. Uh, she just like tells Lauren, she's like, hey, uh, she goes to her class and she's like, can I talk to you? By the way, I have your notebook. I'm your daughter's best friend from the future. And Lauren's like very accepting of this fact. She's like, yeah, she's like, I never told anyone else about my notebook. And mm -hmm. she's like, and since I believe in time travel and I'm open to the fact that time travel can be real. So she's just like on Jamie's team. <laughs> but she's also like, but I was, I'm a little surprised about the killer part. She was like, but the killer part is surprising. Not the time travel, the killer part. Yeah. Which I found funny. The killer part is surprising. Yeah. Yeah. And so they basically realize that, um, so which one of the girls is having a party? Is, oh, Tiffany. Is it Tiffany. It's Tiffany's party? birthday. Who, yeah. Tiffany is played by, yeah. um, uh, Liana Liberato. Liberato, I think. Liberato. And she was yeah. in a lot of things, but the main thing I've seen her in is Scream 6 recently. Yes. I was like, yes. she's a pretty significant role she's in Scream 6. She's the roommate. Yeah, she's the roommate. Yeah, did did it? Yeah, just a so, roommate. Um, <laughs> eyebrows raised. Mm. Um, so like, yeah, they're like, let's uh, let's let's infiltrate like Tiffany's party and stuff. Because Tiffany got murdered at her birthday party. She got murdy, murdered, murdered, murdered. She got murdered at her birthday party in the garage. Yes. Is what like the opening like documentary kind of explains mm -hmm. a little bit about it. Which they did use some cool dioramas, by the way. Sorry, but they I forgot to mention this at the beginning. They use like these little dioramas to show the murder scenes, and I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, it was. It's very like it's definitely very like podcasty, but also like something you would see like on TV, mm -hmm. like uh. In this small town, who would have thought, you know? Yeah, exactly. All that to say, they run into Doug, too, who's their high school principal, yes. right? Yes, and Doug is played by Nathaniel Appia Appiah, maybe? Um, as a teenager, and Conrad Coates as an adult. But they keep, like, getting... I always, there's a, guys, there's a lot of kids in this movie. I They're not really kids. They're, like, actors also, in their like, early 20s or late teens. Kara Lim, the town sheriff, is another uh, child in this one as well, who's played by yeah, Patty she, Kim as an adult and Ella Choi as a teen. And they're, they won't yes. them come in because they're not cool. They're not cool enough, yeah. Her and, and there's Randy. like the big, who's like the big jack Randy. guy that's like her dad's buddy. That's Randy. Yes, Randy. Randy with the flat top. Randy is the one who's yeah. the coach who says the, if you don't get the knife, you'll save your life. Like, that's the same guy. I figured that out the second yeah. time I watched it. I was like, oh, it's the same guy. But he's just a big old it's bully. Hilarious. And, like, and her mom is, like, kind of a mean girl. But not, like, evil. She's just, like, she's a teenager and she doesn't understand the ramifications of being a bitch, basically. I do like how they make a lot of references to, like, I... And I only watched this once. But I think at one point, like, Randy carries her out or, like, touches her and she's like... Unwanted touch, and uh -huh. he's like, unwanted human, or he says something <laughs> so stupid. But I laugh so hard because that's the kind of shit like my brother would have said to me, too. But yeah, it's like it, she learns really fast. Jamie learns really fast that a lot of the things that like we're very like uh, culturally aware of and sensitive about that no one gives a flying fuck in the 80s. Like boundaries, like no, yeah. nothing's off limits. Somebody to these says people. something about lezzing out, and she's like, that, she's like, oh. That's not, that's offensive. She's like, not gay people, though. Gay people aren't offensive. They're lovely. But, like, what you said was vaguely homophobic. And she's like, okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not, 
you know. Also, I was surprised how many times she says, what the fuck? And this, like, they play dodgeball yeah. and, like, she keeps going, what the fuck? And I was like, oh, okay, it's one of those movies. But I guess because it's streaming, you can be looser with the language, even for movies that teenagers will be watching. Because, like, they can just stream them, right? Yeah. I also like how, like, she keeps accidentally, like, trying to get on her mom for saying certain things. And she'll be like, mama Like, or, like, does some... Yeah, she's like, mama uh, Does, like, really weird things. Yeah, it's very funny. She calls her mama like, three times. It's her new nickname. <laughs> and then she actually it's, speaks it's, Spanish it's and like tells her, her to fuck nickname. off. It's funny. Oh, and her dad is hot. Yeah. Which, by the way, Teen Blake is Charlie Gillespie. And, um, she's like, ooh, who's that hottie? And Lauren's like, that's like huge. She's like, oh my God, it's my dad. She's like, oh, never mind. But he's dating Tiffany. But then Tiffany apparently cheated on him with Eddie Royal. And then when Jamie says something about like, oh, I love his music. She's like, oh, they have his music in Canada. I'm going to go make out with him. So instead of making out with, with someone in the garage, Tiffany is now in her parents' bedroom on their waterbed. So Jamie has already changed the timeline. And she's like, oh, shit. Which means that she gets killed in the bedroom. And Jamie, unfortunately, doesn't stop it. It's also a fucking brutal killing. Like, he just keeps yeah. stabbing her, and the water's going everywhere, and it's pretty awful. But I think that's, like I said, something that drives the plot along, is that she isn't super successful. Because you can only change destiny and fate so much. You know what I mean? So, you know, some things are just going to happen. Or at least, you know, in a lot of time travel movies, that's kind of the conceit of the movie is like can i change the past or can i not um which is interesting but yeah tiffany gets fucking butchered all because she won't give a blowjob to eddie royal because she goes ew you pee out of those things but then like they're also having bartles and james so they keep calling bartles and james bjs so but afterwards jamie does kind of take advantage of the situation to kind of get a little bit closer to pam and she mm -hmm. ends up walking her and lauren walk pam home and (laughs) they watch robocop at that point like i think it's a really cute like callback so you know jamie's father's like yeah me and your mom didn't get together until after college if we had gotten together as teenagers it wouldn't worked out we would cheated on each other and so like basically i forget what leads into pam saying something and jamie's like no no you can't get with him you have to like you have to get with your like your true love and she was like oh my god i'm gonna oh, marry blake because jamie and so tells, she's like you know i've always been obsessed with him yeah jamie tells her that she's a psychic and that's how she knows about the killing and that's how she knew about it. Yeah. And, and she does believe her. And then she watches RoboCop and she's like, do the, do the robots kill us in the future? And she's like, no, no. She's like, how far can you see? She's like, just until 2023. Um, but yeah, so then they're talking about Blake. They're, oh, they're talking about suspects. They're like, could it be Blake? And they're like, no, it couldn't be Blake. And then she's like, ooh, I always had a crush on him. And she's like, no, you can't. Because her dad told her that they got together after college. So. Yeah. Um, but she, but he did tell her, like, that they found out they were pregnant with her after they went on the centrifuge ride. And mm-hmm. so she mentions something with the centrifuge. She's like, ooh. She's like, never mind. But anyways, yes. <gasps> it's so funny. You call it, cent- 
you call it centrifuge. In my head, it's the Gravitron. And I think in the movie, they call it, like, the Quantum Force. Yeah. So, like, it's like... uh, The reason I call it a centrifuge is because the first time I went on one was at the U.S. Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville. And that's what they call it, is a centrifuge. Because it's all very much, like, clinical. (laughs) It's like the space shot and, we and the called, centrifuge. And we always, it was always called the Gravitron where I grew up because it's like gravity pulls you mm-hmm. back so you're kind of stuck. Yeah. Uh, like on it's the centrifugal thing, it force. really, 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 really fast. It's centrifugal yeah, force, yeah, yeah. which is, yeah, so, what they call it a centrifuge. Yeah. But it's centrifugal force and gravity. That's and, funny. Yeah. But. Maya, I have a really good friend I went to the fair with and she like took one look at the Gravitron and was like, no, I can't do it. She's like, I get sick on it. And for me, I was that kid that would like to go upside down on it. Like I would move my body to where I was upside down oh, on it and shit. So I was like, oh, yeah, different strokes for different folks. I don't ride the sipper. That's another story. Uh, but yeah. So yeah. So the Gravitron. So she meant, but she's like, yeah, don't get together with Blake. And apparently all of their birthdays are right next to each other's because it is yeah. Marissa's birthday next. And they go to a yeah. cabin. And so, like, and that's what basically, like, she begs. She begs him to she not begs go. Him. She's like, let's, she's like, let's go to, she's like, yeah, my, she alludes that, like, her parents have, like, a condo in the city. And, like, Jamie's like, yeah, 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 let's go to the condo in the city. No, they still fucking go to the yeah, cabin. Yeah, she wakes up in the, in because she hasn't slept a lot. And so she she takes a nap with the guard. She wakes up and they're at a fucking lodge where the murder took place. She's like, oh, God, this is where Marissa gets murdered. Um. But, you know, it's funny because, like, Kiernan Shipka, like, is kind of like a, I would say, like, if I were to cast her, like, in a, if I were to stereotype her and cast her, I would cast her as one of, like, the popular girls. Because she's very pretty and blonde and, like, perfect. But, like, she's just, no one, like, treats her very nicely. They're all kind of mean to her. And she's kind of just, like, a dork. But, you know, which is kind of progressive of them, really. They really don't care what she looks like. They just think she's a dork because she was nice to the dorky kids. So she's just not an asshole. Yeah, exactly. So, but she, like, slowly kind of, like, infiltrates the group a little bit. But I think it's, like, hilarious because my brother even said something about this. So it's the uh, sheriff's daughter, and I feel so bad about her name again. Kara. So she, like, makes pot brownies, and Jamie eats some. And then she's like, wait, those were pot brownies? And they're like, yeah, they're all really, really high. But then it's like, holy shit, like, it's not really affecting Jamie because, like, weed in the 80s is, like, so low-key compared to the shit we have nowadays. I think she lived in... I'm guessing the town is in California because weed is legal because her friend brought, like, edibles to their concert. Yeah. It's like... It has to be, like, California or, like, the Pacific Northwest or something, Mm -hmm. for sure. Or, I guess, Colorado, too, because Colorado is legal. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, in Alabama, it's not legal for some stupid reason. Yeah. Anyways... (laughs) But yeah, everyone else is high as fuck. And Pam, like, ends up, like, cutting her hand open. (laughs) But basically doing nothing. She just slices her hand open. So they're distracted. Oh, she's making making pizza. And her idea of making pizza is, like, ketchup, white bread, and something else. Some cheese, I think. Yeah, it's, like, something so ridiculous. You're like, what the fuck are you doing? And it's like, oh, wait, they're high. (laughs) And then... When she when she cuts her hand open, Blake uses the bread to like soak soap up soak up the blood. <laughs> yes, uh, it was very funny. This is a dark comedy, y'all. But 
Yeah. So Marissa's supposed to get murdered in this movie. She's supposed to get murdered and found on top of the car in this location. And, oh, Randy locks Jamie out of the house because he's a dick. Again. And so she's trying to get back into the house to save them. And Marissa and Randy end up to go fuck in the hot tub. So Marissa's not where she was supposed to be. So then the killer does show up and ends up killing Heather as she's sleeping. Yeah. And they all get, like, Blake gets stabbed, Jamie gets hurt, Pam gets knocked out. And it's a really interesting fight sequence, and it's kind of brutal. But they do end up, like, injuring him, and he's not able to kill anybody else. Oh, it was hilarious, because they go to... um they go to the the uh, station and they're talking to the police officers and oh, Jamie yeah. literally holds up like blood like on the cloth like she soaked up the killer's blood and she's like here I have his blood I have his DNA and they're like what and you're just like oh What's shit DNA? DNA wasn't even widely used until what the 90s I guess so if if that honestly yeah like but I mean like they could have blood typed him like they had blood typing in like the 40s so I yeah. don't know why they didn't like test the blood type but you know the whole point is that randall park's character who's kara's dad um is like is just an idiot and he's that's why um no he didn't solve it (laughs) um basically but yeah so lauren is trying to work on a new uh time machine in the gravitron and they're going to use the news van's satellite. and But they have to also use the phone, the Wi-Fi, for, um, from Jamie's phone that's like significantly losing batteries as she goes on. Which I did like that, that like her battery kept depleting. I was like, that was a, good, that was a nice mix. Yeah. Oh, and back in the present time, Jamie's disappeared. Her dad and Sheriff Kara have been looking for her. And then Chris has decided to try to help Amelia figure out what's going on and help them solve the crime and maybe go fix the time machine to bring her back or get make a new time machine to go back. And they are realizing that, one, Jamie's leaving them notes on the crime scene photos so that they know that she's there safely. But two they're realizing that things are changing. At first, they talk about the Mandela effect, which made me kind of like go like, oh my God, if I have to hear about the fucking Mandela effect one more time, not the person Mandela, he was lovely. But like, there are so many fucking conspiracy theories about it. And like, I'm just Mandela affected out at this point. But they only touch on it briefly. If you don't know what it is, it's like, well, I think everyone had, a lot of people for some reason remember Nelson Mandela, the civil rights activist and president of South Africa and apartheid fighter dying in jail. But he didn't. He eventually was let out of jail and became president of South Africa. But for some reason, a lot of people remember him dying in jail. And uh, they're like, oh, what if it's an alternate timeline? Which maybe it is, but, like, it's just weird. But it's it's just, like, a conspiracy theory. But basically, they're like, oh, it's a Mandela effect because she's changing the past and it's affecting the future. 
Um, but it's not affecting the future that much, really. Yeah, well, except and this, it's not like not like any like life shattering events. But I did think it was hilarious. So like the cool punk rocker Eddie Royale becomes like more of an emo singer. Yes, and like his because album, he's like yeah. Tell him what the album is. It's called A Waterbed Away because that's, that's how, how close far he was, he was away from death. Yes, <laughs> I love it. I thought that was hilarious. Oh my God, it's so funny. So Marissa didn't die, but Heather did. And so now Jamie's just like, Marissa's the next one to die then. And Marissa's like, what? So they come up with a plan and they're going to go to the haunted house. I think it's like the haunted dollhouse or something in the amusement park. And they're going to set a trap for him. And somebody asked if Kara was the killer. So Kara gets mad at everybody. But then she ends up showing up anyways with a scythe as the Grim Reaper. And she's dressed up in a costume. <laughs> And everyone else is wearing regular clothes because they're focusing on the murder. And they're like, why are you dressed like that? She's like, um, it's Halloween. That's why. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. It was very funny. It is funny. Um, and Jamie's like, here's pepper spray. Here's a rape. Uh, Marissa, here's a rape uh, alarm. You know, it's one of those where you like, ma- it makes a really loud noise if you press it. So if someone's chasing you. Um, which leads to my favorite joke in the movie. We'll get to that. Um, and they set up a whole thing while Amelia in the past is trying to almost ready to make a new time machine and Lauren, her mom, but her mom in the past is making a current one. So Jamie can go back, um, to her time and they do catch the guy. And I was, I honestly was not expecting the killer to be the killer. Were you? I did, I did have, like, a slight inkling because I thought who would be the most, like, who would be the most unlikely? Like, you know, the lurch kid in the class, mm-hmm. I was like, no, that's too likely. Like, because he's, like, right. like writing notes. So I was like, that's too likely. So I was like, who's the least unlikely? And I was like, you know, I got it down to two people. He was one of the two. Yeah. So they keep mentioning this girl, and this is what they call her. Obviously, it's very rude to call someone this, but quote unquote, fat Trish. And it's this girl, Trish, and she died in a car accident last year. And this kid that they call Lurch was her brother. And he's kind of seems a little scary, but he's actually just a video game nerd. And he's very shy and he just doesn't talk to people. Yeah. Um, and he he left school for a while because of his sister's death. But then it turns out he's not it. But then they f- there's this guy, the guy Doug, the guy who was, he was kind of a nerd that helped them get into the party the first night. It turns out that Doug dated trish and when she died that was his girlfriend and so he because they find he has this little like a a locket in the shape of the first microchip and it has trish and him their pictures in it and turns out that the reason he killed in the past marissa heather and uh tiffany is because the three of them got Tiffany really drunk one night because they thought she was sleeping with a coach. Yeah, And Trish, yeah. they were trying to ask her. And she got really embarrassed and they let her leave and drive drunk and that's how she died. And, you know, Jamie is really upset. She's like, you killed somebody. And then she looks at Pam, who's, you know, her mom, but she doesn't know she's her mom. And she's like, I didn't. I was having a fight with Tiffany and I wasn't there. So, like, the mom is a redeeming person. She's not evil. She would have never let Trish 
drive drunk, I don't think. I think she actually is probably a good person who's just enjoying being a mean girl, you know? And so they're like, oh, well, at least we figure out who the killer was and we've killed Doug and, you know, all's well that ends well. And then, like, out of nowhere, fucking Marissa gets her her neck just sliced open. Oh, and then yes. this is my favorite joke because then she just goes beep, beep, beep with the rape alarm. And it was such dark humor. It was so fucking hilarious. Because especially because they just set up the... They, well, they set it up and then yeah. they, they delivered. It was great. I love it. Yeah, because Randy literally, Randy literally is like, what if you get your throat slit before you can set off the whistle? And it's like, Jamie's like, no, we're not going to worry about that. And so, like, literally, she gets her throat slit, but she still sets off the whistle. <laughs> so it's very but dark. But it is very funny. The, the timing yeah. is perfect. But it is really sad because obviously, like, it's sad when people get murdered. But, like, it was my favorite joke. It I, it got me. I laughed really hard. I didn't, ex- I wasn't expecting to laugh at someone getting murdered. That's not usually my MO. Um, but then it's so weird because, like, so you're like, oh, there's two killers. Which is funny because, like, Jamie had said something about, like, oh, it could be, like, Scream. And, of course, none of them have seen Scream. She's like, oh, it, you'll love it. But, yeah. But so they're chasing around the other guy. And so the Chris guy who had the podcast in the future about the murders, his dad is a a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. And he's, uh, he's like the newscaster. And I think how he won his first Pulitzer in the future is reporting on the Sweet 16 killer. And so he's talking and he stabs him in the face. And you're like, oh my God, shit. As he's on camera, by the way. So that was interesting. And then, so Jamie's trying to get to the Gravitron to get back, but also kill the guy. And she figures out who the other killer is. And... So the other killer ends up being the adult Chris. So the guy who's like literally the guy who... The TV reporter who won the Pulitzer Prize, the guy who runs the podcast, Chris. Mm-hmm. He's the other killer. And basically he was like, yeah, I the needed more stuff. The son of the Pulitzer Prize need, guy. Yeah. He's like, I needed more... Um, I need more material for my podcast. So yeah, the Sweet 16 killer is back. And it turns out that her mom... Did not get the note right after high school. Her mom had gotten the note recently. No, he never gave it to her. Oh, he never gave it. That's right. He never gave he it to wrote her. He it never and he gave. Just, he just gave it to Jamie. I know. I was. Yeah. Like, I watched the beginning, the first half, a second time, and I was like, "Oh, okay, he okay, just yeah, made yeah. that shit up." Great. Oof, yeah. And the thing is, the weird thing is, like, Doug didn't kill anybody in the future because Doug, like, once he killed the three people that had killed his girlfriend, he was done. Yeah. So, like, but Chris was like, this is my one thing. I've won podcasting awards for this. You know, I can't let it go. And so, basically, he had befriended Jamie's mom and murdered her. And so, but the best part is, so she gets into the Gravitron for the time machine. And Lauren's like, well, say hi to my daughter. And she leaves her jacket for her mom. But she's also like, what will happen if I like get out of the center she's like oh you'll explode into pink mist or something because there's a video game reference earlier about pink mist and she's like oh okay 
So she gets in the Gravitron and then Pam comes after her. She's like, I think I'm supposed to help you in the Gravitron. Didn't you say so? And she's like, oh, fuck. So mom, so she's trying to not get her mom killed. And Chris is like, yeah. And she's like, oh, you killed my mom. He's like, oh, maybe twice now. Um, But she ends up getting her mom out of there and they have an all out battle in the gravity machine. And there was an earlier reference, which I should have mentioned, that, like, Lauren always carries tools in her bag. And she had a nail gun. And so she ends up, like, nail gunning him out into the uh, outer part of the Gravitron. And he turns into pink mist. Yep. It's great. It's fun. And she goes back home. And (laughs) her life is a little different when she comes home. I love this. Adult Lauren is like, okay, because, like, she comes home because in the beginning of the movie, her mom's dressed like Molly Ringwall. Cause, and it's funny because, of course, you you learn in the past they're called the Mollies. So she comes home. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I actually noticed, I was like, well, there's an LGBT flag. Because you see her run for her home and you see a little LGBT flag. And yes. I'm like, oh, okay, there's a pride flag. But then her mom and dad are dressed as Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So she runs into Lauren and Amelia. And Lauren's like, hey... I wrote down a notebook. I'm trying to remember all the differences. Oh, and like this, like they're all kind friends of like, now. Because they're all they're all yeah. like like BFFs now. Like where they were kind of distant before. They've all remained friends throughout the years. Lauren and them, and then everybody comes over for Halloween, and yes. it's like, oh, well, that's nice. And there's, like, this, like, handsome, like, kind of, like, guy in his, like, early 30s that walks up the steps. And she's like, so, you know uh, how you're trying to keep your mom and dad away when they were teenagers from one another? Well, it didn't work. And that's actually your 34-year-old brother. So (laughs) And his name... Jamie! But they named him Jamie, so your name is Colette. Yeah. And I love that. I was like, that is a cute twist that like she's no longer an only child like she has and a her brother. brother's married and he and his husband have a little girl and you're like yeah. oh that's cute so it's nice but it's also funny because like but also lauren's life changed for the better because lauren became a biochemist yeah and then she's like and amelia is still your best friend is still a genius so it's like oh so amelia didn't yeah. change they're still best friends so and since doug turned out to be the killer and also got killed he's not the principal so randy's the principal yes the guy that was burping in her face and then chris was teenage chris the killer the second killer teenage chris was traumatized by his dad's death and he like went to be like a i did they say a monk monk? in another country yeah Uh, a buddhist monk in another country but she's like but i keep my eye out i check on him every few months and eddie eddie uh royal is still an emo singer and yeah yeah lurch i mean makes video games. Is, yeah oh lurch makes video games because he was yeah. a big video game enthusiast but yeah it's pretty much and i think kara is a lot nicer because she was very unpleasant as an adult before so they've all remained friends and it's kind of it's very much like the end of back to the future but there wasn't a moment where someone was like you have to fix your your fu- your future thank god but um so it wasn't exactly the same. But yeah, so it's it's very similar to that ending where it's like, my life mostly changed for the better, but there's some weird things. There's some quirks that have happened. But yeah, it was, it, it's cute and it ends cute and it ends on Halloween again. So it's a nice little Halloween bookend, I think. Yes. Yeah, I, I like 
liked this movie. I thought it was fun and cute and wasn't overly complicated, but I thought it was really fun and I generally laughed a lot. And I only have a few critiques, honestly. Yeah. What about I would you? agree with that. I I the fun is the first word that comes to mind for me too. Like it's fun, it's simple, it's not overly elaborated, uh, over elaborate. Uh the teenage actors or yeah. well the young adult actors all did a good job. And I like how kind of campy it is. Like it's super like campy yes. and goofy. But then it really takes like this uh idea like it kind of makes this idea of inner inner uh, generational trauma and it makes it very palatable because it's like Jamie's kind of like haunted by like her mother's past and then eventually her mother's death. So it's like kind of a little yeah. cool flip, uh, the switch on the final girl type thing. I wish that we had gotten to learn more about Doug. If I'm honest, that's like one of my only critique is that it wasn't... The serial killer aspect wasn't very interesting to me. Because, yes, we find out why Doug was killing the girls. But I almost wish, like, he had, like, the Billy Loomis, like, monologue or something. Like, I would love to see him just be able to get passionate about it. Well, I guess Chris is the real villain. Yeah. Chris kind of gets that. Because... Yeah. Or adult Chris. 2023 Chris. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, really, Doug is kind of a victim, too. Which is sad. Yeah. Yeah, because I think Doug was kind of a red herring in the end because yes he was killing people but he wasn't the real killer chris is the real killer who really has malevolent intent i guess yeah i there were a couple of things like that um i think there were a little too many like wow the 80s were different references like the racism one was funny and the car the best the best executed one was the woman smoking in the car with her children because she yeah. didn't like comment on it but there were a couple times where she just kept commenting on like that's not PC and i was like you know what we don't always need that sound bite you can just make the joke and have her react because it was a little bit too much like commentating on it and like like she walks into the the school and instead of saying something to someone else she walks into gym class and she's like we all look like we work at hooters she should have said that to another person but she's just saying it to herself and i was like okay it looks weird if you're saying that stuff out loud to other people like you know what i mean like it was a little bit unrealistic i was like if she had like gone to up to another girl and said the same line i think it would have been a better executed joke because, like, it just kind of made Jamie look like, I just comment on my surroundings 24-7. But she didn't really do that in the, f- like, before she went back in time. So it was kind of like, I don't know. I thought there was a little too much of that. Um, and then also, like, <laughs> the first time travel effect was very Disney Channel original movie. Yes, I do like, agree it with was that. Not great effects. But generally speaking, I love the dark humor. I really didn't think I was going to laugh that much at Marissa and the alarm. And there's more gore than I expected for sure. It's not overly gory. It's not offensively gory. But it was like, there's a lot of stabbing. And it was nice, you know, like the humbling of like the pretty popular girl is a pretty popular trope. Like Emma from Jane Austen is probably the most popular one which also like inspired clueless and stuff like that and they kind of do that with pam but pam's not really a monster 
She's just like a teenage girl who doesn't understand that her actions have consequences. But she isn't a bad person. Whereas the other three, I mean, they did kind of directly kill somebody. Yeah. By letting them drive drunk. So don't let your friends drive drunk, kids. Collect was, those keys. Yeah, that's why I always think of Lloyd Dobler and say anything. Be the do- Lloyd Dobler. Be the master of the keys. Um, with a little <laughs> key bowl going around. Another uh, 80s reference, guys, but... I would say this is a really good, what I would call a gateway horror film. So if you're like, if you are, if you know, like the kids that are like dipping their toes in scary movies, um, like basically the kids who are not like me that are watching scary movies when they're five, six, seven years old. But like, if you have like a 13, 14 year old who wants to watch something scary, but they're kind of like, oh, you can't just put them on like hereditary. Uh, this would be like a first like good gateway horror film, I think. Yeah. I think after you watch Don't Look Under the Bed, you're ready for this movie. Yeah. I think Blumhouse actually has a few of those movies that they may be like good gateway scary movies in that they they kind of verge on a PG-13 R rating. So it may be they're a little bit too mature for a typical PG-13 movie, but they're not like a Mm -hmm. hardcore R rating either. Yeah. If she didn't say fuck so much, I think this probably would be a PG-13 movie. But I think mm-hmm. it probably would have to be an R because she says fuck a bunch of times. But it's also yeah. streaming, so maybe it doesn't matter as much. But I will say, the only things that, like, the questions I have is, like, did Doug make the mask? Because it's like a Max Headroom mask mixed with Billy Idol with the earring. And I'm like, did he make the mask? Or did he find it? Because, like, that's not... I, I, I'm i just curious. Because that would have been a good thing, like, oh, uh, Doug is into, like, uh, sculpture or something. And that's, yeah. like, how he designed the mask or something. But also, like, why doesn't Jamie's mom remember meeting her in high school? Because they look fucking exactly alike. I'm curious get, about that. <laughs> because like in you know? the original in the original timeline when Jamie's mom is killed, Jamie didn't meet her, but then she went and changed it. But yeah, I get what you're saying. So the second ending, the second ending, you're asking like when they're the Mr. and Mrs. Smith, why wouldn't she remember that Jamie went to the past? Yeah. I'm curious why or I mean she didn't know that Jamie was her daughter back then, but she could have been like, You look just like a girl that I knew in high school. Or something. Yeah. Like, I was kind of like, I was like, how did she not understand? Because it's not like Jamie was just there in the background. She actually interacted with her quite a lot. So you know, it was, I don't know. That was probably the biggest plot hole. I was like, if they all remember everything else, wouldn't they remember meeting a girl named Jamie? Yeah. Unless it's like uh, trauma-induced amnesia, right? Because that can happen too. Or maybe you kind of remember. You remember Jamie because maybe they actually named their old. Maybe they named their first child after Jamie. That would have been a cool conundrum too. Yeah. Where it's like they were, but then like maybe they don't really remember Jamie's features. Like maybe they remember she's blonde and her name's Jamie, but they don't really remember the face very well because she did have like a yeah. yearbook Although picture she had or anything. A f- but there was a photo in the crime oh, scene yeah. photos that Chris had, and she was with them. That's how you're right. Amelia knew. I don't know. Like that. That's probably the biggest plot hole to me. But other than that, yes, it's. I mean, it's a really, it's a good movie. It's a solid movie. I think it's mostly pretty well done with the time travel. Time travel movies yeah. are always, as Randall Park's character says, I don't like them because they never make any sense. I actually do like a lot of time travel movies, but. 
and Time Squad from Cartoon Network. But uh, but it's been years since I watched it, so I don't know if it still holds up. But um, yeah, I really liked it. Um, did you have a rating? Uh, out of so 10? this this was a little hard. Um, because it's one of those movies I really I always kind of get caught between like I really enjoyed this movie, but as like a part of like as far as like cinematic masterpiece, no. But is it something that like <laughs> I enjoyed watching and I would probably watch again with like a group of people if they wanted to watch it? I would. Uh, I I hate doing this rating, but I really do feel like it's a solid, like, 7, 7.5. Like, I know that's, that's like, a I very have. average rating that we give, but it just feels like exactly what that's I have. What, Yeah. <laughs> because, like, I mean, I think, like you said, it's very fun. I would definitely watch it again next Halloween with or with people who hadn't seen it yet, but it's not a masterpiece, and I can't give something that isn't a masterpiece over a 7. Yeah. Gotta be honest. Like, just, no. I am too. But it is a fun movie with a little bit of gore and a Halloween premise. So, yeah. I think it's a great Halloween movie. It was an unexpected addition to my Halloween, like, library of films. So, yay. And it's on Amazon Prime. So, you can watch it if you have Amazon Prime. What was your Grindhouse Girls rating? Uh, So, I really wanted to do something like W for waterbeds, but I couldn't think of other Ws, unfortunately. Me too. Yeah. I'm like, damn it. So, I did uh, T for Time Machines, Teenagers, and Taekwondo. And the reason I did Taekwondo is because they explained Doug's superhuman strength is that he did Taekwondo. And that's how he's able to beat the shit out of three people at one time. So. Yeah. Um, so I had to rated M for Molly's masks and mamacitas. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> She's calling her mom mamacita. Um, and then rated B for BJ's boardwalks and big stabby knives. I think I like rated M. Rated M? I do yeah. too. Mamacita. Yeah, that's cute. Mama, no. mamacita. <laughs> mamacita. Maybe I should spell it mamacita. It was very funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, yeah, so I guess that is that is totally killer. So go watch yeah. it. Yeah. But next week we have, or next week we're going to cover... Netflix's Nuke Mike Flanagan series, The Fall of the House of Usher. Ooh, I'm halfway through it. Ooh. Yeah. I uh, I only have one episode left, and that's the so it's the series it's a limited series, so it's the limited series finale. So I am excited, which is the highest rated episode in the whole season. Really? Oh, okay. yeah. I yeah, because th- on Netflix is oh, not on Netflix on IMDb. I was looking up cast stuff because it's a lot of people have been in Mike Flanagan stuff before, and it keeps coming up as like highest rated favorite episode and it's the same episode so it's the finale so i will say this so uh, a very 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 basic premise is that we know at the very beginning it's it's loosely based on all the different edgar Allan poe stories and so a family starts to experience multiple deaths and so you know from the beginning a lot of the people are already dead because the story is told in like the past and i've been I've been pleasantly surprised because I knew what was coming kind of in every episode except one mm-hmm. so far. There was one that really I was like, okay, I did not expect that, but it's yeah. good. I've been liking it. I can't I will, wait to talk about it more. 
Yeah, the structure is cool because, like, the overarching plot is the fall of the House of Usher, but every single death is a different Edgar Allan Poe story or poem. Mm-hmm. And so if you're vaguely familiar with it, I would say don't – I would say don't read Edgar Allan Poe before this because it might ruin some of it for you. But, yeah, there was one where – I knew, I thought one person was going to die in this particular location and in this way. And then they kind of switcherooed who died. And I was like, oh, interesting. So I would say, like, it is both predictable and unpredictable. And yeah. uh, he brought back the hidden ghosts because there's, in the first episode and the yeah. second episode... There are just oh. random ghosts standing behind you. And, like, the first one, I thought it was just a painting for, like, literally, like, the first three times I saw it. And then I was like, oh, no, they're in the room with them. Ah! Which is, like, my favorite part of Haunting of Hill House. I mean, yes. besides, you know, the acting and the writing and how beautiful it looks. But the, the hidden ghosts are what got me to watch Haunting of Hill House twice. Because I was like, now I have to go look for all the hidden ghosts. And there were a couple in Bly Manor, but not a lot. So I'm, I fucking love the hidden ghosts. So watch for that and then we'll talk about it more next time. And then do we want to yes. say what we're doing the week after that? Yeah, because, yeah, because I know, I know our friend Dalton has talked about this too. So we, we're not doing Five Nights at Freddy's, but that is premiering in theaters and on Peacock simultaneously. And Dalton brought up a good mm. point that, like, if you can go to your local theater, please support your local theater. Um, it's very, very special to do that. And just to get, like, a bucket of popcorn or a drink while you're there, because obviously that's how they make money. But we're doing mm-hmm. something that our editor, Ryan, suggested uh, in celebrating mm-hmm. Five Nights at Freddy's by doing another kind of uh, spooky animatronic film. Which is called Willy's Wonderland, which came out last year on Amazon. I want to say Amazon Prime. And it stars Nicolas Cage. And he barely talks. Apparently. I thought I saw it streaming hmm. on, like, Hulu or something. We will have to look into oh, that and get back to you, friends. Oh, Oh, wait. No, it is on Hulu. Okay, Good, cool. good, good, good. Awesome. And then we will take Halloween off. So we will have one week where either it'll be a repeat episode or no episode. But, um, yeah. But we'll have... We should have Fall of the House of Usher come out on Halloween week or the day after halloween so yeah and then the next week the first week of november we'll not have a new episode because of taking halloween off because we would have trick-or-treaters come to our house every two seconds Mm -hmm. so it would be very disruptive so anyways um but we love y'all thanks for listening um go watch totally killer on amazon prime and take care of yourselves wash your hands Take your vitamins. Check your water pressure, apparently. Mm. Uh, Don't forget to get a home warranty and insurance. Um, But yeah, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Happy Spooptober. One more Spooptober episode and then it's over. That rhymed and I didn't mean for it to rhyme. Um, But yeah, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Yes. Uh hope you guys get to do something fun and spooky in the coming week. Uh, I always like to say this, Spade and New Year Pets. Um, we love you all very, very much. We appreciate you listening. 
Uh, and we just look forward to seeing you next time. Same spoopy time, same spoopy channel. Stay spoopy, Stay spoopy all. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Britt Ray. Our editor is N.R. Moody. All music used is royalty-free and can be found in our annotations. You can follow us on all of our socials. And if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say hey, our email is contactus at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening.